Hello and welcome back to the Presenting PCOS podcast, where we hope to add to the well-needed conversation surrounding PCOS. I'm your host, Libby Stables, and today we are discussing the patriarchy in Nigeria, the hush topic of infertility, and how one woman is tackling this head-on. Patriarchy is an institutionalised social system in which men dominate over others but can also refer to dominance over women specifically. Patriarchal ideas about masculinity can pose a great danger to men's health because masculinity encourages risk-taking behaviour and discourages help-seeking or health-enhancing behaviour, meaning men are more likely to get hurt or sick and less likely to seek help when they are. But that's a conversation for another day. Feminists mainly use the term patriarchy to describe the power relationship between men and women. Patriarchal ideology exaggerates biological differences between men and women, making certain that men always have the dominant or masculine roles and women always have the subordinate or feminine ones. And naturally, as part of this, the common expectation is that one of a woman's sole purposes in life is to be the bearer of children. I spoke with self-confessed patriarch Temi. Temi is Nigerian born and raised, but now lives in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. He told me a little bit about his views on women and fertility, particularly within a marriage setting. I'm a very, very, very traditional male. And if we want something to be successful, you have to uh, stick to the rules. Do you understand? You don't create new rules for uh, an um, an engine or a weapon that has been in existence for 1,000 years or 2,000 years. You create, you, you use the rules or you follow the rules that that came with it and that's how you operate it successfully. If <clears throat> I get married and to, to a woman, this is what I expect. I expect me to be the provider, to be everything. I don't expect her to go out there to pay bills 50-50 or stuff that I want to pay all the bills. And in that way, I want her also to be traditional. In the sense that she meets up uh, with what she is supposed to do. She giving birth is like making babies is really, really, very important to me. I that I, I think that's the reason for marriage, making babies. That's like that's one of the big reasons for marriage. If a woman doesn't agree to that principle of being traditional, then we can't even be together in the first place. The patriarchy ideology isn't limited to Nigeria by any means and there are still men all over the world who believe a woman is obligated to have children. However, this has been embedded in society for so long that even to this day it wouldn't be surprising for your mother or even mine to ask, when are you going to give me a grandchild? But what if I physically can't? What happens then? PCOS is one of the most common causes of female infertility. And whilst it isn't impossible to fall pregnant, women with PCOS are three times as likely to miscarry in the early months of pregnancy 
as women without PCOS. When I met my partner, I felt the need to tell him about my PCOS diagnosis and how it could affect my ability to have children. Don't get me wrong, I know women with PCOS can and do get pregnant, but there are also women who try for years and years with no luck at all. However, I am lucky enough to live in the UK where we have metformin readily available on the NHS, which research shows may reduce the risk of miscarriage in pregnant women with the condition. But not only that, I may also be eligible for three cycles of in vitro fertilisation or IVF as it's commonly known. All of this sparked my concern for women with PCOS living in traditional societies where patriarchy thrives, such as Nigeria. I wanted to learn more, so I spoke with Ada Abani, founder of Sisters in Nigeria. Ada herself does not have PCOS, but was determined to provide a safe space for PCOS survivors to discuss their symptoms and support each other. And I saw his movement as early as 2017, and it was really, really terrible getting people to advocate alongside with me because they were all in a harsh manner. They didn't want to talk about it. They did, those that even joined me, virtually joined me, they didn't want to join me in any publicity awareness because their partners might be online and they don't want family members to get to find out that they have such issues. And over here, when you get married as a woman, you are expected to conceive within the first one year. If not, family members will come for you. You'll see your mother-in-laws coming to meet you, asking you why you've not conceived yet. And um, it can even get so bad that they could bring a second option of a wife to the spouse. And here, um, fertility is really, really important in the African culture normally. So it was really, really terrible. It was really hard for me to get people on my side until early last year when um, there was a celebrity who talked about her condition and how it took her a lot of years to conceive. And that was how I started building the community of women living with PCOS. Even, um, that's why I said to stay in the group, stick with the group. Because most times they come up with issues and issues are addressed within the group, um, over time. So you get to, um, hear their stories as, um, time goes by. So it's really a big issue over here. I feel the Western world is more open to infertility as there are many several options such as IVF, um, surrogacy and the likes. Okay, so what does surrogacy and IVF look like for a woman in Nigeria? How is that received by specifically men, but in society as a whole? So there's the IVF, IVF option, but um, not so many people are open to it because we are also in a very religious society. So you hear some spouse saying, okay, they have to wait on, they have to wait on God. If God doesn't bring the children, they can't do IVF. IVF is, is not, in fact, there, there are stereotypes for women who consist through IVF in some parts of um, Nigeria. And um, surrogacy is less, is a hush. It's always spoken in hushed tones. I don't see, um, I've, I've never encountered someone who have openly come up to say, oh, okay, this was how I got my child through surrogacy. I even have an aunt 
who pretended to be pregnant for nine months. So we wouldn't know she had a child through surrogacy. So that's just the um, issue we face around here. So PCOS as a whole, not much people are knowledgeable about it. How easy is it to become diagnosed with PCOS in Nigeria? Are other healthcare professionals on the ball with it or are they quite behind the Western world? Okay, so you go to the hospital, complain about um, amenorrhea, for instance. They just tell you, oh, you might have PCOS without the proper diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Why, on the other hand, they might go through the proper diagnosis, but they don't really explain what you really have. You get, it's just written in your scan report. No one sits you down to tell you, okay, this is the condition you're suffering from. This is how you manage it. But they go straight to talk about the the, the fertility issues saying, oh, okay, you have this condition. It's going to be really hard for you to conceive, which is a very, very wrong denotion of the symptom. They don't go around to talk about how broad the symptoms are and um, other areas of symptoms you could have to to fully diagnose you of having this particular condition, if you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. So people here are misinformed. Let me put it that way. The healthcare providers are misinformed as well. And globally, there is little research being carried out on PCOS, if you can agree with me, because we have less than 1% funding from the NHIS to conduct actual research. And that's what I think we are all pushing for, to have more um, access to research funds to be able to carry out proper research. Here in Nigeria, we don't have any data. We back, we, we rely on the global data, which, and global data to me is not even standard because these are cases that we hear of. Exactly. And, and this, this is why I wanted to create this podcast. This is why there needs to be more conversation around PCOS because there are so many young women, women of reproductive age, trans men that have PCOS but don't know it so if you have certain symptoms that are abnormal to you they're not your usual pattern when it comes to your cycle if you've missed quite a few periods and, and had a pregnancy test and you're not pregnant but you're wondering what could be causing that absence of a period specifically if, if you've had less than three in a year that very well could be PCOS if you're having excess hair growth, especially around your chin area, so these are like usually present themselves as thick hairs like you'd see on a, a man's beard, um, definitely, definitely go to the doctors and check that out because the more women and trans men and young women we have diagnosed officially, the more accurate the statistics are because... The data that we have at the moment, it's based on samples of women that have been officially diagnosed. So definitely go and get checked. We'll speak about more of the symptoms in a future episode, but please go and get checked by the GP. Yes. So these are cases that we just hear of. I'm saying, okay, fine. An estimate of this and this and this and this. So that's just it. So tell me about sisters in Nigeria. How does the group work what are some of the discussions within the group 
within my group, we do bring in um, some health practitioners once in a while to talk to them about their symptoms. And since they also have the symptoms, so many of them have been searching for alternative um, forms of treatment, like trying to go through using herbal remedies to alleviate some of their symptoms and it's actually working for them. We also have nursing mothers. We have those who actually got pregnant through the group. And one thing about um Self-help groups is it helps with the mental health aspects. Then, but there's a particular issue that most of the women have in my community, and that is the sexual health. So many people said, oh, they just got married, but they don't feel like having sex with their husbands and all. So I've been looking for um, sex therapists that are PCOS inclined to maybe try and educate them on on that aspect because I feel they've done a lot of health education. But that aspect still remains. They have no libido and it's affecting their marriage as one of them complained that she's nearly married, but her husband feels she doesn't like him. Or she mm-hmm. says she, when the husband wants to touch her, she, she feels like she always feels like puking. I think there's a whole lot of um, issues. It is. And that's why it's a syndrome, because even I didn't understand that before, that the idea of it being a a syndrome is that it's so many within that it's just it's so many it's it's so many health issues and I know for me personally I used to say with the excess testosterone I was getting hair on my I still do I still get hair on my chin I, I pluck them out every day and they come back and with just the way that I feel inside um I I used to tell my partner I don't feel feminine um mm. so I tried to look feminine to make myself feel better but I really felt like I don't feel like a woman you know um and I think that is just a societal thing where I just see other women that have children and I think what if that will never be me but if PCS was spoken about a lot more I wouldn't feel as bad mm-hmm. as I feel. So Ada what do you want to see for the future of PCOS? I think by now it should be people should start regarding it as a core public health issue because we've been pushing for this for since 2017. But I don't know what is causing, what is delaying, delaying them stamping it as a core public health issue because the rate at which people are coming down with endocrine problems is actually really is increasing. As of 2017, there were one in ten women who had PCOS, and as at now, there are one in three. But um, so far, so good. The awareness have been on the high side. Ada, I've seen the work that you've put into creating Sisters in Nigeria. And I've seen just how many of those women look to you for support and guidance. So all I can say is thank you for doing this, even though you don't have PCOS yourself. As a woman being there for the women that are going through this is just amazing so i really hope that you continue doing what you're doing no issues at all